Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. Let's get ready to podcast. <laughs> yeah, DJ Sky in the hizzy with his boy, DJ Colin. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Woo. Will Smith it. Yeah, hell yeah, baby. We should we should start like morning shock jocking this show up. Yeah. And get like a whole soundboard. Ooga. Like <laughs> those bang. <laughs> I actually have a way that we could do that. We should. That'd be a great idea. This show would be very obnoxious. Oh, it would be. Some might argue it already is pretty obnoxious. It probably is. <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh humor ourselves a great deal on this show. Yeah, we really do. But hopefully you guys don't mind because I like doing it. You know what? First and foremost, we need to have fun and if we're not having fun then no one's having fun you're damn right that's how i live my whole life mm-hmm. no one's having fun until i'm having fun <laughs> and then when you're having fun no one else is having fun now you're goddamn right <laughs> pretty much yes sometimes that is how it goes or sometimes when i'm having fun i'm just the only one having fun because everyone else is just like that's not funny <laughs> and i'm like well on, man you are stupid <laughs> well you know what you have no culture <laughs> yeah yeah that's what it is. No culture. No culture whatsoever. But Colin, how you doing? I've been good. This week has been exhausting. Oh, Work yeah? Work has been exhausting for me. Oh. But it's almost the weekend, although I do have to work on Saturday, so what the hell am I talking about? Oh, wow. But I don't know. I'm uh, I'm just looking forward to chilling out a little bit this weekend, hopefully. Me too. Maybe we go to the movies, like I always do. Yep. We got what do we got this weekend? We've got This weekend we have X-Men Dark Phonics. Yep. Hooked what on else? Phoenix. Then we got Secret Life of Pets. Yeah, I think those are the two biggies. We had Ma come out last week. I might go see Ma this weekend. I might I'm, do it. I might do it too. I just want to I just want to stay ahead of the game on you. How many movies are you at right now? I think I'm at 50. Oh, I'm at 55. Okay. I actually watched a movie that's not a Netflix movie that was in theaters. I caught it digitally. Rust Creek. Oh, I haven't even heard about that. Um, Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I gave it a, I think a B or B minus. Wow. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. So little, it was like a, kind of like an indie survival movie. Okay. I would like some better movies to see. I watched, was it Rim of the Earth? Is that what yeah, it's called? Rim, Rim, of, the, of, the, r- of, the Rim of the World. Rim of the World. Really disliked it. <laughs> yeah. 
So it was a, oh, there dude. Was, there was um a strong hatred for parts of it. I texted you about 15 minutes in. I was like, is this movie racist? <laughs> yeah, it, it sometimes is. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, man. And the color grading was... Woof. Yeah, because it changes. But it makes a change, though, right? That yeah, wasn't... yeah, it did. I it's remember one, when I was Once the aliens it. come down, everything just gets put with a red or a yellow filter over it. And I was like... It looks really bad. It looks awful. It's like... like I, weird style choice. Don't know what they were thinking there. Mm, probably yeah. weren't. <laughs> I think I gave... I don't know if I failed that movie. I think I did. I either failed it or it's like D, D minus, but unimportant because they didn't get in an episode. That hasn't really been a Netflix movie to come out that has like some real like oomph behind it that's worthy of an episode. Yeah. I mean, we did Velvet Buzzsaw, but it wasn't right. like great. Right. I think we both gave it like D's or C's or something like that. That was a rough time in this podcast's history because like everything coming out was dog shit. Like we had Creed 2, which we liked, and then and, and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man. So it came out hot on the first two. And then like the next six episodes were all like D to like low C range. Yeah. I mean, we did Holmes and Watson. So F. Yeah. I mean, Bumblebee was good. Yeah. Bumblebee was good. Um, Alita. Alita was kind of like a blah. Yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. We had a rough patch in the in the beginning. Yeah. If I have a buzzsaw, which we mentioned. Yeah. I, well, we had Lego movie. Okay. So maybe I'm misremembering, but Glass. Glass was another one. Yeah. Glass was one of those ones that we were like, you know, kind of excited for. And then it really like failed. And then we had, uh, oh, Fighting With My Family. That was the first A on the podcast. Yep. Captain Marvel was a kind of a disappointment for us, though. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon was a surprising hit. We literally were going to do an episode on Captive State. And we were like, we can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> there's we, too many movies that are coming out that like are just not great right now. Yeah, we can't keep doing it. It really wasn't until like us where we started hitting like our stride. Yeah. And but. even then we still had some stinkers in there. Like Pet Cemetery was a real fucking stinker. Yeah. But yeah, yeah man, man, it's been a it's been an interesting year. A lot of ups and downs. But today we got a new movie we're going to review. And you know what? This movie I don't think was on either of our radars to do an episode on until it really like wasn't. until maybe like two weeks ago. We're like, hey, maybe we should do an episode on that. Yeah, why not? We were we kind of planned out our a rough schedule of what we we're gonna do, and we were kind of like maybe we could do an episode on this movie. We we almost almost didn't do it. I feel like I definitely would have seen it if we didn't do an episode anyways, because I am very interested. Because we are talking Rocket Man mm-hmm. now. The I... sequel to the movie, <laughs> yeah, the sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody. No, no, no. Remember Rocket Man back in the day? Oh yeah, where the guy actually goes to space. Yeah, oh he sucks. Well, I think is this part of like a a rock a rockaverse a rock star verse? It's not a verse, but it's definitely a trend. Yeah, because in the last year we've got in the dirt, Lords yep. of Chaos, and Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. Rhapsody. Yeah. That being said, I actually like Elton John's music. I don't have like a super deep knowledge. I'm not gonna act like number one fan, but I do have quite a few of his uh, of his albums saved up in my iTunes. The ones I do know. I enjoy. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, and I wouldn't say that I really knew all that much about him going into this movie. I guess out of those four movies that I mentioned, I knew the least about the Lords of Chaos story. That's probably the one I knew the most about. The the Mayhem one? Yeah. Knew the least about that. Then I would say Motley Crue next. I knew the least about. Then Elton John. Then Queen. The Dirt was so stupid. Yeah. That movie was awful. And... I mean, obviously, you probably probably shouldn't do this, but I feel like we're, there's going to be comparisons drawn to some of those movies during this episode. Yeah, it's just bound to happen. Yeah. The only thing is, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. Did you see Lords of Chaos? No. Okay. I know the story of Mayhem. Yeah. Just so. from being a being a super cool metalhead. 
I'll give you a little fun fact. I guess this is kind of something that I should have should should wait for, but I'll just say it now. So Bohemian Rhapsody is directed by Brian Singer, but but when, when he got replaced, they replaced him with the director on this movie. Yep, I knew that. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I feel like th- you're we're gonna inevitably end up drawing some comparisons or just right po- crossing over between the two movies because so. there's that that connection in there, baby. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, we mentioned that like really wasn't on our radars for doing an episode. But were you at all looking forward to this movie going into it? Like going yeah. to the theater? Yes, I was actually very much looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Did you know what you were walking into? No, <laughs> me neither. But we will get to that. But before we do all of that, I'm thinking that you know, fun fact about this podcast is we recorded at Collins Place, right? And near Collins Place, there's this nice little pond. Mm-hmm. And I've never actually gone over there to check it out. So I'm thinking what we should do is we should walk over there, go by the pond, go dip our feet in the water. Ooh, what's this in the water with us? My toesies are tapping on something. Oh, it's a yellow submarine. Let's hop in this yellow submarine and see where it takes us. Let's submerge ourselves and go into the deep, deep depths of this pond near your house and see how far it goes. What's that? It connects to the ocean. Man, we can get anywhere in the world from here, but there's only one place that I want to go to. So let's take this fucking submarine, load it up with nukes, and go all the way to the trailer park. Why are we loading up with nukes? I thought that's what submarines are for. Oh. That's the only thing I know Torpedoes. about Torpedoes. Don't they carry nuclear warheads on them a lot of times? Do they? Wasn't that like the whole Cuban Missile Crisis? You know what, man? I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know either. I am a you might you might you might be right. I'm, I'm I like, might oh. be right. You know what? Take my word for it. I'm a co-host on a podcast. Hey, you know what? Godzilla got nuked in the water, so it's got to be true. Yeah, man. Yes, exactly. I learned everything I know about the military through Godzilla and all of that shitty dialogue. <laughs> that's not the episode we're doing today. Today we're doing Rocket Man, and in this trailer park we are doing yesterday. Yep. Not to be confused with today or tomorrow. No, we are doing yesterday. So this is weird because we record these in advance. So yesterday is is not... Podcast Inception. Yeah, yesterday is not yesterday as to when you are listening to us. And the funny thing about when we release these episodes is you might be listening to these tomorrow, the day after we release this. But we're talking about the movie yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. But to you, it'll be today that we're talking about yesterday. But we would have been talking about it... Like a week ago. Wow. Yeah, I'm lost in the timeline. Bro. Somebody call Stephen Strange. Bro. Bro. (laughs) (laughs) But this... All right, Colin, this fucking movie. Okay, so I feel like me and you have different opinions on this right now. I believe we do. How do do you feel about this flick? What are the feelings you're getting from this? I was very, very excited and interested in this movie. Up until what I saw the reaction was at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Or Cannes, I guess. I think the S is silent on that. But the reaction was basically like, it's kind of a mediocre movie. So, I mean, I still want to see it. I kind of want to make my own want to make my own opinion on the movie. But I actually was looking forward to this. I saw this trailer, rolled my eyes, and decided I will never watch this movie. <laughs> this is... I'm, I'm, curious, I'm curious why. It looks stupid nothing about this intrigues me whatsoever and i play music i would may even consider myself a musician and i wouldn't say i like the beatles but i respect the beatles but i don't need this movie in my life 
at all. Now, I was looking forward to this because I felt like we're getting a lot of these like biopics and stuff like that about bands and stuff like that. Yeah. This doesn't look like it's technically a biopic, but it looks right. like it is going uh, a little bit into, you know, the catalog of the Beatles and maybe giving you some sort of like maybe it's going to be a retelling of their story in a but way through this other guy. But through this other guy. I just thought, okay, this seems like it's it's doing a little spin, and we're getting lots of band movies, and this is different. So all I was, the more I was intrigued. Why I didn't like it because it's like we're getting all of these biopics. Now we're gonna have a movie where I gotta listen to the fucking Beatles for two hours. I mean, all these you have to listen to the band for two hours. Yeah, but some of these bands I like more than the Beatles. Like I understand the impact that the Beatles had on rock and roll and music history in general. I like Queen. I would rather if you came up to me and were like, you can never listen to the Beatles ever again, I'd be like, fine. <laughs> I wasn't listening to the Beatles anyways. I don't know. It just looked original. And I think we need more original content. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'll give it a shot. I was looking forward to it. Well, this is one I might let you go see before me and tell me how it is because I don't want to waste my time on something. But... <laughs> Let's roll this trailer. Let's see what I'm fucking talking about. This was my last gig. If it has happened by now, it's like a miracle. Miracles happen. Here we go. Some more head trauma magic. Okay, yeah, I don't like that. Another trope. Tom coming through. Now, something I will say about this is I've always thought about that Why and being like, like man, if I could go back in time, I, I would just like McCartney steal. Like, I thought about that too, being like in bands. Whole, yeah. Whole music catalog and just being like, cool, now Don't I'm famous for it. Yep. Yeah. I think it's funny that you've had that thought because I've totally had that thought before. I feel like anybody who's ever played music has been like, man, if I could just go back in time and like steal this whole band's catalog. Yeah. Especially if you like know how to play all their music. Mm hmm. And I'm in a really, really, really complicated situation. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me. Sorry, I'm just listening to Jack's new song. What's this one called? Leave it be. Let it be. Well, rock on, Jack. Oh, yeah. The comedy's not landing for me. Um, the comedy at times doesn't land for me either. They've got some uh, Slumdog Millionaire credentials behind them, though, on this. Yeah. And then you make a ton of money. And then we take most of it. The one, the only, Jack That's another thing. So this looks like current time. Like, they're showing, like, he's on, like, real shows and stuff like that yeah. and then like what how do you do it so you're telling me 2019 people hear a song like i want to hold your hand and be like this is what's cool and popular these songs would didn't they would not succeed in this era i don't know i do know you do know who's Whose music is popular on the radio right now? Drake. <laughs> exactly. But these the songs are so catchy. That's all people care about. Please make some noise for Mr. all they care about, man. You're either country pop or you're fucking 
not even good rap music anymore. Your mumble rap bullshit. Yeah. Dude. Hey, dude, are you sure? Hey, dude. That's so much better. Again. Comedy not landing for me. That's a long trailer, by the way. That is a long trailer. Yeah, that is a long trailer. Why'd you do that to me? I don't get the head thing, though. Like, I don't understand how that, like, he gets injured so the rest of the world forgets the Beatles. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. Unless the whole thing's a dream. Oh, that would even make me more furious. But yeah, you're in a world, you're in 2019, modern music and stuff. Also, what does that mean for what other music is? Because the Beatles were such an influential band. Yeah, so maybe... What does other music sound like? What does rock and roll sound like? Maybe this is in the multiverse. I hate this. <laughs> this looks so stupid. I don't know. I'm going to give it a shot because I think it's original. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. I've heard it's not great, though. I've heard it's mediocre. Yeah, I can feel that. <laughs> I think this is the first time where we've watched a trailer and just out the gate, I'm like, I'm not giving this movie a chance. I think it's stupid and I don't want to see it. I think this is the first time that me and you have had differing opinions on... Just a trailer? Uh, just a trailer, yeah. Possibly, possibly. But yeah, man, I mean, whatever. You go see it for me and tell me what you think. But if you tell me it's anything less than amazing... I'm not going to go see it. <laughs> and just tell you it's amazing just so I get you in the theater. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, really? Man, maybe I should check it out. And you'd be like, God damn it, this is terrible. Tell me he puts out a video of him going, we all live in a yellow submarine. It looks like yellow Hey Jude is the, uh, is the catalyst. Whatever. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I'll well, give it a chance. You you do that. You do that. And while you do that, you know what? I might I might just go see Rocket Man again. Who knows? I don't know if I will. Yeah, let's get into Rocket Man. Croquet Man. <laughs> We've said already that this movie was directed by Dexter Fletcher. I actually don't even know if I said his name at the beginning of the episode, but Dexter Fletcher, and he came in to replace Brian Singer after bad things <laughs> on Bohemian Rhapsody. So this movie is kind of like he's got his he's got a fresh slate. He can do whatever he wants to do on yeah, this. The one. whole thing is his. Yeah, Lee Hall is the writer on this movie. He worked on uh, War Horse. Movie, I think that was 20, 2014, maybe. I don't know, but yeah, it's just the two of them. Not not a huge writing team on this. Not you know, co directors, whatever. Yeah, it's it's his his vision, and he's got a writer. Uh, Lee Hall actually has worked on. I think he worked on a book before. So I mean, good writing credentials on his part. Dexter Fletcher has a track record of working with Taron Egerton already on Eddie the Eagle, which is a movie I've never seen it, but I know that they worked on it together. Cool. Taron Egerton has a history with Elton John. Elton John, I was gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's actually weird. So like, Taron Egerton has a history of working with Dexter Fletcher with Eddie the Eagle. Yep. Taron Egerton also sang Elton John and Sing. Yep. Elton John. I, I was gonna bring that up when we were we were doing this moment. He he sings "I'm Still Standing." Yeah. And Elton John was also in Kingsman too. Yep. So weird. Yeah. Really weird. weird connections. Really weird. So, and also, it's just strange, but when you're watching this movie, Taron Egerton kind of looks a little bit like a young Elton John. Yeah, they did do stuff to him to make that happen, though. Did they? Yeah, he he actually shaved his his hairline back like three inches. Oh, okay. For so like he looked like he was like balding and stuff. Like that wasn't just like a wig. Like 
he shaved his head and like cut his hair to look like he was balding. Okay. So like when he's on like the press circuit, he's wearing a hat in a lot of the interviews. Oh, uh, okay. Cause he's still growing his hair back. Cause he shaved it up <laughs> all the way up there. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's pretty cool. A lot, a lot of connections on this. I was kind of intrigued with that. Cause I was like, man, he actually like looks a lot like him. Yeah. I've already had all these connections. He's already sang his songs. He's got a great voice. Yeah. And that's, the I th- was, really impressed that's the one thing that i will say i looked into it, i was like is he actually singing them because that's a huge gripe of mine about bohemian rhapsody yeah bohemian rhapsody uh remy malik sings quote unquote but it's really not his voice it's a youtuber's voice really yeah it's a, U- that. it's a youtuber's voice the youtuber can do freddie mercury to a t and they kind of like had remy malik sing like actually sing but then they kind of like mixed him down like in the mix and then put this other guy's voice like ahead of him and that's that's how they that's how they did it weird cheating um, <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, last year, A Star is Born came out, which had a lot of singing in it. That was all live takes. Right. Which so is like, really cool. Yeah. So like Bohemian Rhapsody actually last year really pissed me off for that reason. I was like, okay. Especially to have another movie in the same year be based Com- around music, but also show you up yeah. so big on like how to film musical performances. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, he his his voice is great. And he sounds a lot like Elton John, but at the same time, he kind of does a little bit of his own spin a little bit. Yeah, he has he has his own take on it. And I like that it's different. And that's something that Elton John has also said when they were producing the movie and everything, or or at least he said that Elton John told him, Don't try and do like an impersonation. Don't try and, you know, sound like how I sing. He's like, it's really more important to capture essence than it is to sound like me. I'm going to finish up the cast here, but then I'm going to go back to Taron Egerton. Yeah. Jamie Bell, he plays his writer, uh, mm-hmm. Bernie Taupin. Uh, you might know him from the incredible Fant Stick. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the thing. Snowpiercer, Jumper. Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. He plays his agent, who played a really great villain in this, but he's John Reed. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard. I did not know that was Bryce Dallas Howard in this movie. She plays his mom. You might know her from Jurassic World. Yeah. She kind of like, transforms a little bit in this movie i did not know that was her steven mcintosh plays his dad stanley yeah but like taron egerton man yeah taron egerton (laughs) he fucking runs the show i mean it makes sense he's the main character he's the main character story of his life this is the first movie this year where i was like oscar oscar nominated yeah like if he's not nominated for best actor i'd be very surprised yeah he was really good there hasn't been like a lot of things this year where i've i've seen it and i'm like yeah, that's gonna be nominated. This is this movie in general is the first one that I'm like, you're gonna be nominated for stuff. Yeah, definitely. I I wasn't sure if you felt that way or not, but no, I, I did. The biggest notes I have is just how much I'm blown away by how good he is. Yeah, not just in the performance aspect of it and like the singing and everything. That's awesome that he did that. He actually went into a studio and recorded the soundtrack and like he re-recorded these songs and sings them. He, he learned dance numbers and everything like that. That's all cool, but even like when he's delivering lines and his performance d- is so good. Oh, just across the board nails it. There wasn't a point where I was watching him and I was just like I couldn't roll my eyes at this dude. He was he's fucking great. He really like we talk about like people like kind of becoming like he he just He's no longer Taron Egerton in this movie. He's young Elton John. So much, so much better than. <laughs> and again, I didn't see all of Bohemian Rhapsody. I can tell you right now, he's better than Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah, I think so because you know what? I Rami Malek. Granted, I thought he was also really good in it. And when I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, I was like, he's gonna get nominated for Best Actor. I assume that. Mm-hmm. And even that night at the Oscars, I was like, I think he's gonna win. But I always felt like Rami Malek's impersonation of uh, Freddie Mercury was more of a caricature. 
Yeah, I thought it was more of a caricature. This felt that's how it like, looks to me. Yeah, this felt like Taron Egerton just became Elton John. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, and uh, and no, it didn't feel like he really like overdid it at any point. No, no, and and that's one thing. Like Elton John's kind of a you know charismatic like over the top. over the top personality i feel yeah. like it could have definitely been a little too ridiculous and never felt like it was and i mean there were over the top moments but it kind of fits like the grandiose like presentation of the film but his performance as that person is yes. never over the top yes exactly yeah that's honestly like that was my number one thing right away off the, i was like oh wow and it's surprising because like he's been in movies he's been in plenty of movies but i feel like taron egerton's mainly known for kingsman which is kind of an over the top action yeah. you know Hyper violent type thing. Like, and I haven't this seen those surprising. movies, so this is really like the first thing I've seen him in. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's good in those, but they're, like I said, they're like hyper violent, kind of goofy spy movies. They're like almost like the rated R James Bond movies. Yeah. I mean, this is just like super surprising, like really surprising, honestly. I did not think that he had this kind of range. So I was, I was blown away by that. But yeah, you said at the beginning of the episode, um, I did not know this is a musical. I did not either. Yeah. I was very surprised. And, I really wish I knew that going into it so that I can kind of expect it. Cause at like at first, literally the first thing I wrote, I hope this story isn't told as a musical. <laughs> it's my first note. Cause like the way it starts, I'm just like a little kid singing and everything. Yeah. All of that. I did not like that little kid singing. And I was just like, I hope this isn't a musical. Did he write this much material as a kid? Yeah. And, then, and then I wrote, oh, it definitely is a musical. It's very stylized. Okay. Changing my expectations. Yeah. <laughs> like, but in the middle, not in the middle of the movie, I'd say like in the first like 15 to 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, I need to rewire my brain. And I walked <laughs> into it thinking one thing and I, I need to change that right now. Otherwise I'm going to hate this whole movie. Yeah. The, it was funny. I mentioned that to people at work. They're like, how was it? Because they knew I was seeing it. And I was like, I'm not going to say how I felt about it. Did not know it was a musical. And they're like, well, what did you expect? It was Elton John. I was like, no, like, it's a musical. Like, Yeah, it's like, not a movie that has is musical, that like, has a lot of music in it. It's a straight-up musical. Yeah. The music tells the story in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's really fantastical at certain moments. Well, the tagline for it was, a, uh, was a, ba- like based on a true fantasy. Right. Is how they were saying. Yeah. And I just thought that was kind of like, oh, he's charismatic type thing. Like, or like it, it's his dream. He's this is the realization of his dream type thing. Right. I didn't think it was actually like this is like a, a, a fantasy. This is that's how they play the movie out. But yeah, well, when apparently what I didn't know, because I never researched before going to see these movies, I learned now that's a mistake. The director, and I think even uh Taron Egerton also had said in lead up to this telling people this is not a biopic this is not a biopic like they wanted to warn people ahead of time like don't go into for us to just tell you the behind the music they're like this is a fantastical representation of his story it's a retelling in in the form of a jukebox musical mm-hmm. and i did not know that uh yeah i didn't know it either it was because then when i was going through and taking notes i'm just like there's no way he would have sang this song in this moment because he didn't write it until three years later mm-hmm. and you know not him write it but you know he writes yeah. the music the other guy writes the lyrics but you get that i went and actually saw, i saw this movie with, the, with ryan and i saw this movie with both my parents too 
Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Ooh, I'm kind of interested to see how your dad liked it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you at the end of the episode what he thought of it. I'm sure um, you love the but sex scene. When I was... <laughs> He's like, that was the best part of the movie. When we were in the theater, though, and right away when it started, I think I had the same reaction you did. I think... I know Ryan did. I think my parents may have as well, where we were just like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this now. And it was a little jarring at first because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And especially the... They're kind of like unapologetic with how theatrical and like almost cheesy it is at the beginning of the movie because yeah. I think they wanted you to be like, if you weren't expecting it, you're in it now. Like this is what you're getting. So yeah. So you're either in it now or you're not. But yeah, they the- didn't pussyfoot. They just throw down right away. Like guess what, motherfucker? It's gonna be <laughs> song and dance acts. Yeah, really. It's all like all the choreography and stuff. I was not expecting it, and I did. I agree with you i wasn't a huge fan of the little kid not, not especially a... when he's pretending to play piano he's just like smashing at the keys <laughs> that and i just i don't know won't you hug me papa i know it's not the exact line but yeah. I, I didn't like the kid actor either like i just wasn't i just wasn't buying it It felt really stale yeah i just wanted to see taron yeah tearing Spe- it up especially <laughs> well you actually i mean you see him at the first scene of the movie yeah that's right you see him the first first shot of the movie but then you don't see him for maybe about 15 20 minutes yeah, probably, probably fifteen minutes. And then you yeah, then you get on the rest 15. of the film basically. I did want to say this because we mentioned it earlier, but like we're kind of getting it into it now with how this is a musical. And we mentioned it at the beginning where we're talking about the plethora of band movies coming out right now. But I really liked how original this was. After I got yeah. past the, the the like the musical aspect of it and I understood, I understood we what, what the what the vision of it was, I was like, you know what? This is a great idea. Like yeah, this is really I liked cool. It. Again, like you said, and my dad said this too, he was he thought that he was gonna hate this movie when it when it started up and it and it was because the kids playing elton john songs when he's little yeah. and if you go into it thinking it's gonna be a biopic or something like that it wouldn't make any sense right but and the that, way and that's where i kind of approached it in the beginning yeah like honestly if you had asked for my review after the first 15 minutes of the movie i've been like that movie's fucking awful <laughs> by the end of it man yeah it's it's turn coo- around it's really cool because bohemian rhapsody is is basically a straightforward biopic yep and this they, is what happens and point they, A to point B. Yeah, and they and they catalog the greatest hits of Queen in the order that they actually wrote them in real life, and that's how it is. And you get to hear all the songs you like. This movie, you hear all the songs that you like. You hear them with a spin on them because they have other people singing them, and it's not just Taron Egerton. And they come out in different times in the timeline of Elton John's career. And like you said earlier, they tell the story. Right. Yeah. So there's a couple instances where that stuff happens like he's playing a show first american show and he's playing at the troubadour in la it's 1970 and he opens with crocodile rock to win over the audience so what's real is like when he went out there people had like people were sitting on the stage with their backs to him people were talking and everything and he like had to like get them but he didn't actually open with crocodile rock because crocodile rock wasn't written until three years or two to three years later so at that point i was just like i I know that song Mm mm-hmm and I know like the timeline that they're working with. So when I was watching that, I was just like, that doesn't make sense. If this is his first tour in America. Like he would have been working off of Elton John, which is his first album. It's just self-titled. Yeah. Or maybe it's not his first album. It might be a second album, but that album kicks off with your song. But I will say about your song. Do you know which one your song is? He's playing piano at his parents' house. This is when oh, his yeah. writer buddy. And then mm-hmm. he comes down and watches him. So apparently that's a fairly real moment. It wasn't as like dramatic as that moment is where like his grandma comes in and sits down and his mom sits down, but 
he talks about it. He's like, that was the first time we realized we really had magic. Mm-hmm. I believe it. I mean, that's a great, that's a really good moment in the movie. I, yeah, loved, loved that because it might be my favorite Elton John song. So I was super happy, one, to see it in this, but like he does a really good job in it. And the scene is kind of like pivotal in mm-hmm. their relationship. Dude, the way that they build their relationship, I really like that because it almost feels like it's a love story between them, but not in like a romantic love way, but just like their relationship and their growth. Yeah, I I, I felt that their chemistry was really good. Yeah, and it felt real. It did. And I thought that you really did buy the, I mean, they say it like over and over throughout the movie, but it's basically just like, I've never had an argument with this guy before. Yeah. They say that in real life. They, they still write music together. Yeah. Yeah. There was only like a short period of time. There was like a couple of years where Elton John had like other writers and stuff. Those bastards. Sons of bitches. <laughs> I really enjoyed the, the style that this was chose to be presented in. Yeah. One, because it's very original. It's different. Like I was just talking about in the trailer park, like I want to see something different. And I think this is a really cool vision and a way where you can get all like the greatest hits out of a catalog, but you can do it in a creative way to tell the story. I thought that was really like ingenious. I like that a lot. Also, I kind of in, in ways I'm like, damn, really wish Brian Singer wasn't doing Bohemian Rhapsody because like, maybe I would have liked it more. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure how well Queen would have worked as a musical, but it definitely makes me feel like the the writing on that movie would have been better because there's so much more creativity in this than there is in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I think to that, like even if you look at Queen's catalog, like those songs are super powerful and they're very anthemic, but they don't feel as personal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like we will rock you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Elton John's music just I mean, you see it in this movie, like it does feel like those songs could tell a greater story. One negative I'll say about the music, they use the song Benny and the Jets as like an interlude and then it turns into like fully, you know, still drugged out of his mind and whatnot and he turns almost into like a techno remix of it because he's like floating on these bodies during like this orgy and it's kind of like a trippy scene. Yeah. But Benny and the Jets is, if your song is not my favorite song, Benny and the Jets is probably my favorite song. And you didn't even play the fucking song. (laughs) And I was really looking forward to it. And all the way up to seeing this movie, like the whole week, and then days after seeing this movie, I've just been walking around going, Benny! (laughs) Benny! Benny! Love that song. They didn't fucking play it for me. There was was really two that I was like, I really want to hear this. I really wanted to hear Tiny Dancer. Yeah. And I wanted to hear I'm Still Standing. Really? Yeah. Those See, are... I'm Still Standing isn't that big for me, but I think Sing beat it out of my head. Really? I hate, I hate hearing it because that movie I've had to watch so many goddamn times. Okay. It was a Logan. I like that they reshot that music video too, though. I thought that was a cool moment. Yeah. Fun fact, though, he was still on cocaine and like all the drugs when he made that music video and stuff. Yeah. They, I mean, they play off... Because the, the I'm still standing thing, like like, like he, he made it through type thing, like that's how. But like also like the, the, he gets the lyrics while he's in rehab, and then it's like that's his comeback is on that album. That album's 1983 or 85, somewhere in that range. He went into rehab in 1990. Well, yeah, that's a that's the thing is like it's like so this movie takes place just until the 80s, but that means that it pushed forward some of his story, you know, five, six, seven years earlier. Yeah. I think the uh, like based on a true fantasy thing is a good way to put it because yeah it's not factually correct but it takes the spirit of the story seriously yes 
And and I will say this: it, de- uh, it delivers the message and what happened with him. And and again, I I hate to be comparing like all these other movies, but Bohemian Rhapsody is also not factually correct. But but yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody it doesn't play off the spirit of things because it changes things intentionally to cover up the dark parts of their story. Right. It's a PG-13 that's, rating. That's because they had their hands in it. But so did El- Elton John's the producer on this. Yeah, but Elton John is open about his past and he's a cool guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the biggest difference is that he is very upfront and open about his past addictions and stuff because he's been clean for so long too. I mean, he's written his own books about it. Like he has come forward and been like, I was a piece of shit. I was also very happy to hear him say the word cunt in this movie because Elton John loves saying the word cunt. Does he? Like in real life, yeah. So I'm glad because like towards the end when he's being like a little bit more like admitted to his faults, he actually says, he's like, I've, I've been a cunt, but I've been a cunt for like the last seven years. It wasn't just now or whatever. And uh, I was like, yeah, that's right. He does like saying cunt. <laughs> just going back to what I was saying though, like, they keep the 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 spirit of his story intact. Maybe the events don't unfold the way or in the order that they did in real life. Yeah. But everything is presented in the way that like, yeah, this did happen or like this is how he felt at the time. Whereas right. it's almost like you're looking through his lens. Yeah. Whereas Bohemian Rhapsody is not factually accurate and they change everything to make it more theatrical and they don't really have the balls to go into anything that would be damning or be yeah. more interesting, which was my biggest negative with it. Where I was like, this is very surface level. Like I didn't really find out anything I didn't know. And it just feels like it's, it skimmed over the surface of the creative process and it skimmed over the surface of like their history. And then like a movie like the dirt that does have, I guess the balls to go into how much of a scumbag they were. Yeah. It plays off all that stuff. Like it's awesome. Yeah, this movie, douchery. yeah, like it doesn't actually like commit to like, aren't these guys like really shitty? Yeah. It's just like Motley Crue is so fucking awesome. We're so punk. Like it's so, it, I hated that. Yeah. So stupid. But this movie actually is like, it shows you the rise, but also the fall and how depressing and like low he actually got and all the and things it, he and did. And it shows, it does a good job of not only showing his hardships and like, terrible things that happened to him and shit that he had to go through but also shows him being shitty to people like he's not he's not just all woe is me all this bad stuff happens to me and i don't deserve it he also does shit and like he doesn't look like the hero all the time yeah like it's a very realistic portrayal of just a human let alone elton john but he's not perfect Mm -hmm. and it shows both sides of that and that's really cool yeah, and I thought that that was great because, like I said, a few of these movies either played it off for like laughs or how cool it was, and it's really not cool. Yeah, or they just skirted around the issue. I feel like those are all people who are ashamed of their story. It's stupid, and I don't think Elton John is ashamed at all. Good. He, honestly, f- fuck you, Motley Crue. <laughs> Elton John's far more punk rock than Motley Crue is by a thousand percent. <laughs> I will throw down with anybody. Any fucking buddy. Elton John is one of the most punk rock people on earth. Yeah, man. And a few other things that I like kind of wanted to hit, just on terms of like we were talking about Oscars and stuff like that, how this movie wouldn't get nominated for costume design. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like 
the amount of just sheer costumes that are in the in the movie is insane. And the extravagance of them. Yeah. <laughs> Some really out. ridiculous ones. Yeah, insane. Like even right out the gate, his like devil. Devil one is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. That one I thought and then I mean you had mentioned the editing on Bohemian Rhapsody, how balls it was. Yeah. The editing in this movie, both in terms of editing on screen, but also the sound editing, I thought was really great in this because, yeah. you know, like I said, they had to edit all these songs because they're recreating them. Which is cool. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if this gets nods for both costume design, editing, and then the sound mixing and sound editing. Little fun fact about this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you know who they were originally going to have be Elton John? Ooh, I think I know this, but tell me. First name attached, who was going to do it? And then they ended up going a different way because it was going to be too uh too costly because mm-hmm. he's not really like a singer so they would have had to basically have him lip sync to elton john songs and then put him in the movie and then match him up and blah blah blah. tom hardy really could you imagine i mean he's got great range as an actor yeah yeah so i i guess um, i could imagine, I imagine but i cannot imagine him in this role yeah i feel like he would be a little bit too too uh I don't know, too macho or something? Yeah, too macho or something like that. Yeah. Like I said, he's got great range, so I wouldn't put it past him, but... No, I think he'd be able to act in it. The singing, I don't think I can buy him as as Elton John as the singer. Yeah. I think he'd pull off the emotional gravitas of certain scenes. Yeah. I'm really glad that they didn't go with that, just because, I mean, like I said earlier, Taron Egerton just... Kills it. ...becomes Elton John's crazy. Oh, you had just mentioned, um, like, the emotional gravitas in the movie yeah i feel like sometimes in like a theater or like broadway show type thing or like even a musical it's kind of hard to pull it off but there yeah. are some some i would say not a ton but there are there are some really good moments of real emotion in the movie there's a couple times where i wrote down that i was very glad they let that sit because they could have done a thing where it's like something heavy happens and it's just like pulls into a song and takes away from that moment but they did a really good job of understanding that nope it would be inappropriate to put a song here we need to (laughs) we need to sit in this darkness that we just created like when he goes back to to his dad yeah and he has like a new family and everything that was that was brutal. Yeah, and I'm really glad that that didn't turn into a song or something. And it, they just, <laughs> la, 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 yeah, la, la, la. yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that really would have took me out of it. I'd have been like, dude, you had such a good moment there, and really made me feel something. So to take it into a song, I feel like would have really robbed that that depth. Yeah, I agree that 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 scene, you know, was was pretty heavy. The, the stuff with his manager. Yeah, especially yeah. when he turns on him. Yeah. Ooh. there's a bunch of scenes the one th- this is kind of a negative i have in the movie but like the people that did him wrong in his life they're very effective in yeah. the movie mainly the manager and his dad the mom too at points although i felt like the mom wasn't on the same level as the other ones because she's actually on yeah. his side for parts and she does Sometimes, support him and yeah. you know some things but they almost felt a little bit too much like caricatures at times yeah they were very one-dimensional yeah yeah they almost felt like just background and apparently the son, I think it's the son of the actor who plays the agent, Richard Madden. I think it's his son, if I'm not mistaken, was very outspoken about how he was very pissed off about how his dad was portrayed in the movie. Really? Yeah. And I mean, like, Elton John's the producer on the movie. So I say they're caricatures. Maybe they weren't as vile as they are portrayed in the maybe movie. Maybe they blew that up a little bit. Maybe they Because ma- to, to show how it felt... Maybe not what happened to Ellen John, but how it felt, felt. to yeah. Ellen John. 
Because a lot of it's through his sense. eyes. Yeah. Yes, that would make sense. And especially the context of the movies, these are stories being told in his therapy sessions in rehab. Mm-hmm. So it could be like blown up in that sense. And especially with just like how grand everything else is, even with like everybody floating at the Troubadour show and everything like that. Obviously that didn't happen, but maybe that's how it felt for him in that moment. Mm-hmm. So when telling it, it's told through that. Through lens. that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was at the Troubadour. Yeah, everybody started floating Elton around. Elton Don turned on the zero G's. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Um, Ryan texted Brandon because Brandon gets to see and he goes, Brandon, I'm going to give you three things. Tell me which one of these happened in Rocket Man. And he's like, Elton John rocks so hard that he turns the world into zero G's and everyone floats. Elton John falls into a pool and sings Rocket Man to the ghost of his former self. Elton John blasts off into a little rocket and shoots off into the sky. And then Brian was like, um, I don't know, the rocket one. And then Brian was like, all of them. Every <laughs> fucking one of them. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been saying I've been liking the originality and like the theatrical aspect to it. At times it felt a little too heavy handed. Yeah. I, I Those did, scenes I in particular, like the, I just. Yeah. I didn't like the rocket moment. The rocket moment the I didn't Dodgers. either. I was kind of like, okay, this is what the. What the fuck? <laughs> I like, like come on. I like the in between the transition from his suicide attempt at the party, uh, which that did happen, to Dodgers Stadium show. That also not exactly happened like that, but that suicide attempt happened three days before the Dodgers Stadium show that he went and performed at. Oh, where wow. he was also still drugged up. But to quote, I don't know if it was his biography or his autobiography, him himself writing, but he took between 60 to 70 Valium, but he wasn't like, I'm going to kill myself. He was like, I'm dying. And then he fell into the pool. Oh, really? Yeah. But he took like between 60 to 70 Valium <laughs> and they had to That's like, pump his, they had to pump his stomach and get it all out of him so that it wouldn't all like dissolve and definitely yeah. kill him <laughs> i was gonna say that's a little because he, he in in the movie he like threw it like a lot. yeah and i was like oh okay what but yeah that's nuts yeah so that actually is pretty accurate that, and that's another thing that's cool is some of these moments are very spot on accurate and then other ones it's like so it kind of blurs the lines a little bit and i think that goes back to the way that we are getting the story is through his recounting in rehab so mm-hmm Maybe not everything is 100% right because he was on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. So it's like... <laughs> Two points I want to hit, and they're quick. Just in general, really good cinematography on this movie. Yeah. Like, really good. Looked awesome. There's a lot of really, really fucking good tracking shots. I feel like that's actually... Some, I don't really want to glance over it, but I, we're going a little longer on this episode, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But yeah, there's there's a lot when they're doing these like dance numbers and songs and stuff like that, where it's like one unbroken take and it's tracking through a scene or following them and stuff. Really good job there. There's a lot of like creative tricks and stuff like that. Some of it isn't as effective as others, but I like the idea behind it. There's one where like the camera circling around a piano and it's obviously stitched together with CGI, but that was kind of cool. I actually didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it looked great. I think conceptually it's cooler. It looked like the audience in that scene. looks very, it, yeah. it looked like the it looked like the crowd from a like a basketball video game. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, like nondescript mm-hmm. faces, just kind of like blobs, and it's like almost every other person's wearing the same T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Conceptually, I think it was cool, and especially it, to show the passage of time and and to show like all these like because they actually do show a lot of like really iconic outfits that he's worn and from very big shows that he's played and like 
really notable notable like costumes and stuff yeah so, so it wasn't just like oh let's put him in this thing and let's put him in this thing like and they just made something up like they actually pulled from real performances he's done so i thought that was cool mm-hmm. i feel though the the decision to make this like a almost like a theater production type you know the cinematography definitely lends itself to that because everything is you know or a lot of it is one take unbroken you really get to see him actually perform the songs rather than like okay we're gonna cut here take it from this line or whatever like i feel like you actually were watching kind of like a concert which that is the one thing that i thought bohemian rhapsody actually did really well was make you feel like you're at a concert and this does it very well as well yeah oh i just, I... I really like the cinematography more on this though and it, this made me feel more so that i was actually there than than bohemian rhapsody did as as much as I really wish I knew I was walking into a musical, I feel like if I saw this movie again, I would really like the Troubadour scene a lot more. Because even at that moment, I liked it. I also really liked the song Crocodile Rock. But I, I liked that scene then. But at that point, I was still reeling from like, okay, this movie's going to be over the top. I, I agree, though. But because even though like other parts of the movie before that were over the top and like musical like everybody's dancing in the street stuff like that this was the first instance where there was something really outrageous like people floating, floating. in the sky so, yeah so that was the first time it really bent reality past the point of just people are getting together and singing mm-hmm. so really wish i knew that going into it because i feel like now watching that scene i would i would like it even more because it was really cool mm-hmm. there was there was three Three instances, and I already mentioned them already, that me and Ryan literally looked at each other. We were like, like, okay. Questionable. Yeah. The only other thing that I really got to mention on this is, I I don't really want to end on this, but at times, the story's a little predictable. Yeah. But I think that's also comes with the territory of this genre. I mean, a lot of them are is going to be with you know with the rise comes a huge fall, or you know yeah. with 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 the more popularity comes more Pressure drugs and, stuff, and yeah. shit like that. Like I kind of felt like I knew the way things were going to go, even though I didn't know his story. But I think that's more of the genre that they're kind of building now. Is is that seems to be a lot of the a well, lot yeah. of the Would you really in be interested these. in a story of a of a musician who it's like? Yeah, they uh they had a slow burn and then they got very popular and they lived a <laughs> modest life. Never got addicted to drugs, put out an album every 3 years. They have a strong fan base and good relationship with their parents. The one thing that I that I will say, I would like one of these to come out that focuses more on like the creative process of the band. Like that's actually one thing that like I was Well, they do they do touch on that in this. They do. But like Again, I keep going back to Bohemian Rhapsody, but like Bohemian Rhapsody, you could have made that whole movie about the creative process of Queen and it would have been great because yeah. they did so many cool things. It would be nice if a movie changed it a little bit different and did something different other than the drugs. Yeah. Well, well what would be cool is if you took a you took an artist or a band that and you kind of make a movie around an album. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Like instead of doing just let's say if you wanted to do one on the Beatles, you do a white album movie and not just the whole Beatles, especially a band that has a long, long history, pick a portion in time. And they did that with this movie. They just took his beginning until like the mid eighties. Yeah. And they didn't really expand after that. And obviously he's been doing stuff since then. Cause they didn't even, they didn't even talk about the Lion King. 
No, they didn't. There was a few things that uh, my dad said. He was like, I'm surprised they didn't mention one was The Lion King. Mm-hmm. The other one was, I guess, in one of his shows, he came out in a Donald Duck outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one. That one. Uh, that might have been Central Park. Yeah, I'm not sure. He, he, I, he I think that me. was a show at Central Park. But yeah, man. I was looking forward to seeing this movie going to the, the theater. It kind of flew under a radar for a bit. Beginning of it was a little jarring, but... I really like this. Yeah. Really like this. Yeah. I, sh- dude. So you want to get into our tomatoes, tomatoes on these? Let's do it. Okay. I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> so tomato, tomato. Yeah. We got a close one here. Ooh. Our last episode was a big gap. Big this old one, gap. This one we're close. 91% critic score. Ooh. 91 critics. Audience, 88. Damn. 91 to 88. That is very, very close. That's very close. Yeah. You got an A minus to a B plus. I will say tomato. Tomato? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What's your grade? I'm going A minus. Nice. Yeah. I I like this movie a lot. Yeah. It's funny that this is the audience and critic score because these two grades were exactly what I was going back and forth with. Yeah, in my head, like when I left, I was like, I don't know what to give this. Like, either an A minus or B B plus. And then I went and looked. I was like, God damn it! <laughs> yeah. Now I actually need to make a decision because <laughs> they're yeah they're so, so close. I'm also giving this an A minus. Cool. So you're going tomato. I'm going tomato on it. Very nice. I will say that because I'm I've been trying to grade these more based on just a movie. I think for my own personal sensibilities, it's more of a B plus. Okay. Because I'm just not into musicals as much, but I love the craft behind the movie, like the cinematography, the creativeness of the movie, the performances, uh, the music, like everything there, all the craft behind the the movie is masterfully done. And for that, I have to give it an A minus. Yeah. Like, see, for me, I don't, I like musicals. I'm fine with musicals. I just want to know that it's going to be a musical. musical. (laughs) So, so for me, like first, like, 15 20 minutes of the movie just suffered for me and like my first watching of it because i didn't know what it was coming i didn't hold that against it in my grade though Mm -hmm. the only reason why like it's an a minus instead of like an a or an a plus is just like what you had said about like some of those side characters who are like big driving forces are very one-dimensional like your villains in this Mm -hmm. quote-unquote villains in this movie and they fucking cut out Benny and the Jets, which <laughs> bothered me because I really like that. And then there were some of those like more cheesy elements. Like I get that it's supposed to be like over the top because Elton John is an over the top personality, but some of those things kind of like take me out of it a little bit. And they almost feel like they were just used as like interesting transitions. Like especially the one where he like turns into a rocket, <laughs> rocket. and then shoots up into the sky, <laughs> and then he like poofs and he's on the airplane. Airpl- yeah, I was just like, oh, you just use that as like a basically like a star wipe yeah like so i some of those things bring it down a little bit for me Mm -hmm. but they don't fully take me out of it yeah and then of course like as i'm watching it and knowing like the real life timeline of certain things those parts kind of even though i know what i'm watching is a stylized telling of the story it still kind of like tripped me up a little bit in watching the movie where i'm like that wouldn't have happened there, would it? And then it, it kind of made me like not pay attention for a second because I was like in my own head. Yeah. I agree with basically almost everything you said. The timeline stuff didn't bother me just because I knew it was a stylized, you know, retelling basically. And also I just don't know his story as well. So that, that didn't bother me so much. But the things that did bother me, I felt like, yeah, some of the side characters were a little 
caricature like. And again, some of the really, really over the top cheesy moments did take me out of it, like you said. Yeah. And also just some parts are a little bit predictable. Yeah. But like there's so many things in here that are very masterfully done. This is an Oscar like Yeah, people you, you people don't, should go see this. You can almost say that this is a little bit Oscar baity, but I don't even want to say that. Like I don't think it is. I think that the story just has a lot of lot of depth to it. Like his real life story like has some really big highs and really big lows that it, it creates a really compelling narrative. Yeah. I I said that I didn't want to say that it was Oscar Beatty. I think some people are going to say that it is just because it's like Oh well, Bohemian Rhapsody was last year. It won so many. Like this is this year's Bohemian Rhapsody. But this oh, does. Yeah, yeah this it's gonna get some, that comparison. Yeah, this does so many things original. We talked about it a lot. The performances, mainly Taron Egerton, are just really fucking. And, and good. this, this with the R rating, needed it. Yeah, yeah. It, it really leaned in. It really leaned into like his sexual history, which I heard was a complaint about Bohemian Rhapsody that they really didn't. They didn't go into like his personal life too much, and they really they skimmed the surface. Yeah, and like not that that needs to be a focal point of the movie, and this it really isn't a focal point of the movie. It's not like a major thing where they just focus on like, oh no, you know, he's a homosexual or he's bisexual or whatever he is, pansexual. Second act a little bit, a little bit, but never feels gratuitous. Yeah, no. And how many big studios can you think of that actually f- show like a male on male sex scene? Who not, who's not, ever done it? Not many. <laughs> Who? Because even if you think about it, like Brokeback Mountain. But do they really show anything? Like it cuts out to like the tent and stuff like that. Do you show yeah. like some of the warm up? <laughs> the warm up spits on his hand. <laughs> but like this actually shows like naked men because like you don't see dicks or nothing. <laughs> You don't see Penny <laughs> penetration. <laughs> Penny. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that before. Yeah, dude, you want some Penny all vodka? So you drink a bunch of vodka and fucking penetrate. Jeez. Somebody. Yeah. There you go. There's the G's. There you Jeez. go. Got it. All snuck it in right at the end. But yeah, man, this, I mean, this this movie pushes the envelope a little bit. Yeah, I appreciate that. Because like I said, Bohemian Rhapsody, I did not like that. And I felt like this, you know, I'm glad that Elton John was like, no, do it. Do it the right way it should be. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, fuck yeah, man. Everybody, you should go see this movie. This this movie is well worth the watch, and it's especially really cool in theaters. I was originally going to see this in Dolby, and I wasn't able to go, so I just saw it in like the regular, you know, regular theater. I would love to see this in Dolby. Yeah. This would be really cool, especially the, the songs just feeling so big, and like the performances are are so big in the movie, so to be in like that kind of like an experience would be awesome. I might even go see this again. Honestly, it was it was really good. Yeah, this, I could see myself now seeing knowing, this again. Yeah, now knowing what we're walking into, <laughs> I think I would like it more. Yeah, I don't know if my grade would really improve on it, but I I think I would enjoy the viewing experience even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Well, if you guys agree, hit us up social media. If you disagree, you could also hit us up. That's kind of the point of this new modern age is that uh, no one can hide for anybody. <laughs> if, you, if you hate us, we're going to have to hear you say it because uh, I pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> like we want to know, but we don't really get anybody hating on us. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> it's bound to happen. Hopefully. That's the whole thing, man. 
if if you want some people to love you, then you're gonna have to have some people hate you. Maybe after that Godzilla episode, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, some people might really hate us for that because uh, we do not like that movie. No, but we loved this movie, and we hope you guys loved the movie if you saw it. And if you didn't see it, we hope that you go see it, and you loved listening to this podcast. So. Hit us up on social media. Hit up your tomato tomatoes on our Instagram. We also post some games up on there. And until then, we'll suck and lose our ass. <laughs> <laughs>